book of Genesis, chapter 1. We begin in verse 26 and read through verse 31. Genesis 1, beginning in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our own image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And so it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. There was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. Friends, this is open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. So this morning... Uh, if you haven't figured it out already, we're, we're starting a new worship series, and it's entitled Half-Truths. It's based on a study written by Reverend Adam Hamilton and adapted into the sermon series for you, and so I, I, I wanted to explore these. I felt called to, to share these with you um, because they, many of these, of course, we all have sayings that we grew up listening to that, that, that we've also probably used ourselves, right? whether in our own homes, whether in, in the homes that we grew up in, our parents, grandparents. And, and, and we often repeat those to others, and we repeat them to ourselves. And it's, it's often in an effort to bring comfort, and it's in an effort to bring assurance, or it's in an effort to uplift spirits, whether our own or someone else's. And this is a common practice in households that, that were raised either in the church or, or raised spiritually or raised religiously. While many of these may bring some of us comfort to, to those who were not raised in the church, they may have the opposite effect. And it's important for us to examine these statements because while they have elements of truth, these statements we're going to explore are at best half. By using these the wrong way, we, we can unintentionally uh, bring hurt or, or lead people to conclusions about God that are simply not true, that are simply not what we believe. And, and we can inadvertently, in our moments of trying to bring comfort and peace, we can in, unintentionally and inadvertently push people further away from God. And I've seen and witnessed this happen. Maybe you have as well. So the purpose of this series is, is to encourage you to examine 
these statements, the way that you use them, maybe think twice before using them in a situation where they may not be helpful, and instead consider together, we're going to consider the greater truths that we find in Jesus Christ throughout the ideas behind this series. Many of us, myself included, have modeled everything in our lives around this first statement. Uh, maybe you haven't. Uh, maybe, maybe it means nothing to you. <laughs> I don't know. That's not the, the, the point. But, but somewhere, somehow, somebody has either heard this statement and it has brought comfort or someone has heard this statement and it made their ears go up because they said, What? So when we use everything happens for a reason as a response to cause and effect, then it's true. You hear that? When we use it as a response to cause and effect, it is absolutely true. However, it is often most used as a response to death and to tragedy. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this at funerals and at memorial services and in times of great uh, despair and 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 I'm thinking I hear things like uh, it was meant to be I hear things like it was it was her time or it was his time or it was God's will and all I'm thinking is oh is this supposed to bring comfort to that person because it sends heebie-jeebies up and down my spine every time I hear them and folks, this is not designed to step on anybody's toes, please. Most of you I've told, my, my job is to gently nudge your toe and let you figure out how hard it needs to be pressed. Amen? Most of the time I'm preaching to myself, you just get to listen. So it, it, it's a reminder. So don't, don't think this is, a, a, you know, this is uh, an attack or a, a condemnation on any, on any of these things. I'm just given you a different perspective from which to view these. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. So the perspective of these is from a person who is not churched or maybe doesn't understand the full fullness of these statements. So that's the, so that's the perspective we're listening from. Someone who doesn't understand how God works, okay? So when, when, when we use this statement, what we are essentially saying uh, when we use it in the way that I just described to you, any way other than cause and effect, but use it as a response to tragedy, whether we mean to say it or not, what is often heard is that God has a particular purpose for bringing about or allowing situations in which people suffer. Okay? That is what some people hear. While we may not understand at the time, this is what we continue to deliver in this message, that all events unfold according to a predetermined scripted plan that God has prepared. You can see how this would create some issues for some people <laughs> if they translate the statement in that way. So, uh, for, for starters, the statement for some people by its nature, okay, so let's back up for a second. So, by its nature, the statement can imply that we are not responsible for our own actions. 
because the end result is already predetermined anyway, right? So I'm not responsible if it was going to happen anyway. If we take the statement at face value, then everything that happens is according to God's predetermined plan. Whatever I do is just going to happen, so why bother? Are you with me? So if we extend this logic any further, whatever happens was necessary. Whatever happens was needed in order for God's plan to be fulfilled. So, if I drink and drive and strike and kill an innocent teenage driver, it's not my fault. It was going to happen anyway. It must be the victim's time. If someone shoots up a, a school or a mall, then there must have been a reason within God's will, right? Uh, yes, these are terrible terrible actions, but, but it wasn't evil that made them do it, right? Instead, God used them to accomplish some greater purpose. Therefore, I can't be held responsible for my actions. I was only doing what God willed me to do. Anybody else see a problem with that logic? <laughs> but guess what, folks? That's what some people hear that don't have the benefit of being raised in a spiritual or church or background that enables them to understand the true character of our God and how our God works. So we have to be cognizant of that. This can lead then to the next issue with the idea that everything happens for a reason, which is that God is ultimately the one responsible for everyone's actions. That tragedies don't happen in spite of God's will, but because of God's will. That since everything, uh, since God is in charge of everything, that, that whatever happens, whether it be a, a death, a disaster, reflects the will and the purpose of God. This logic opens up a whole new can of worms, as if you can imagine, when it starts being used beyond these 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 purposes for silly things like sporting events or political elections. You see the can of worms that this can open? <laughs> you see the rabbit hole we can go down here? <laughs> and some people do. And it can get really troubling when it sparks questions like, does God really will the deaths of innocent children during school shootings? Did God really want my house, my town to be flooded during that great flood? Did God really want my home to be blown to bits by that hurricane? Was it God that planted the idea into the minds of those terrorists that flew airplanes into buildings several years ago on 9-11? Was it just part of a greater plan? You see the direction that this can go? <laughs> if this way of thinking is true, folks, then, then every rape, every murder, every act of child abuse, every war, every storm, every earthquake, every flood, every hurricane that claims people's lives, every child that dies of starvation or violence are all part of God's plan. You ready to keep going? 
this can lead to the next issue with this statement. And I think I've already alluded to this, but it's worth bringing back. Since everything that happens is according to God's plan, it's going to happen regardless. So why should I do anything? We are powerless to change it anyway, right? There's a term for this. It's called fatalism. Everybody say fatalism. So if this was the belief, right? If this was the belief, then... then then, then why wear a seatbelt? Right? Why wear a seatbelt? Why evacuate from the storm? Why, why take care of the medical needs in, in, in my life? Why have safety measures in, in schools and in public places? Take off the traffic light. Who cares? It's going to happen anyway. Why improve airline safety and security? Why do we need to have sports practice? Why do I need to rehearse? Whatever happens up here is going to do anyway. Why do I need a sermon script? <laughs> Whatever God wants to have said is going to be said anyway, right? Why eat why, healthy? Why exercise? Why see a doctor? To do so would be to resist God's will, right? Uh, yeah. By this point, you're thinking the same way I'm thinking. Okay, you're blowing this out of proportion, Pastor thinking the same thing you, you, you're going a little bit too far you, you saying I, I use that phrase but that's not what I mean that's not what that means to me that's blowing is it really blowing it out of proportion if one person turns away from God because this are the thoughts going through their mind and we have no clue because people rarely share with somebody when they're being hurt in the way that they don't know how to express that hurt. For us who are familiar with the faith, some of the things that I've described to you may sound a bit outrageous. It may sound a bit too far. It may sound like, well, you're blowing it out of proportion. But to those who have never experienced grace, then this could just be the tip of the iceberg. This idea goes way deeper than we can see. Is this how God really works? It's often the question that I get. Maybe you've thought that yourself. Maybe you know people who think that. Some people choose not to believe in God because of the ideas. Others are driven away from God because of the things that they hear said by folks that are in church or other places. And because of anger and other emotions that can arise from this, it can cause an indirect reaction to what we want to have happen. Okay, so now what, right? Now what? What am I supposed to believe? Pastor, what's the truth side of the statement? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's a, there's a meme that's been floating around cyberspace for many years, and maybe you've seen it on Facebook. It looks a little something like this. If I can get it up there. Bill, click on that next one for me. It says, everything happens for a reason. 
Sometimes the reason is you're stupid and make bad decisions. Okay, this may be a harsh and a bit humorous way of putting it, but it contains a fact that is supported by our passage out of verse 28 today. God creates the cosmos. God sets the laws in motion. sets the way the operate the universe operates and then gives humanity dominion that 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 means that god puts people in charge of what happens on earth that was his first mistake right <laughs> but guess what god did it god puts people in charge of what happens on earth do you realize how much of our beliefs, how much of our theology is based on this idea? This idea has another name. It's called free will. Everybody say free will. By giving us this, which is perhaps one of the greatest gifts God has blessed us with, God has put the theoretical ball of decision making into our courts. God does not micromanage our decisions. God does not micromanage occurrences in the world. Rather, God is, is more like, 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 like a parent who invites God's children into making their own decisions and choices. God, God gives us, lays it out on the line and leaves it up to us to make the decisions. Therefore, Whatever decisions we make in this world, that's on us, not on God. Hello? We can't excuse a poor choice by saying, well, it was just the will of God. The reason things happen is not because God willed them to happen in that way, but because of the decisions we make because of the laws and creative processes that God created that governs our nature and also in the ways that we interact with them. We have been given the gift of dominion and sometimes we use that dominion to make good and moral decisions and sometimes we use that dominion to make bad and immoral decisions. I don't know about you folks, but I refuse to believe that God dictates our choices and causes bad things to happen. God certainly does not give his children cancer. God does not cause his people to commit murder. God doesn't will someone to die in a car wreck God doesn't will for the storm to flood my home or destroy my house. God doesn't plan for a loved one to die at a certain time because of a greater will he has in store. But what God does do is this. God gives us a brain. God gives us a heart. And God gave us Jesus. God gave us a conscience. God gave us a Holy Spirit. God gave us the scriptures. 
God gave us the ability to interpret those scriptures and all things as guides to help us select the right path we should take. When we choose that path, while God doesn't, in my belief, cause all of these bad things to happen, God is the one who can carry us through them. God is the one who can bring something good from it. Now you can say amen. So while on his way to stand trial in Rome, even in chains and even incarcerated, Paul wrote to the people there in Rome, the Roman church, declared something that has carried me personally through the highest and the darkest moments of my life. This is my favorite passage of scripture of all time. It's a passage that my grandfather lived by. They had it plastered all over their house. My grandmother knitted this into a pillow, into a blanket, into so many different things. I have a printout of this in my office in a stand that my grandmother gave me. And it is perhaps a scripture that you have also lived by. And it's one I will continue to live by. It's Romans 8, 28. And it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Have you heard that before? That scripture means the world to me. My interpretation of this passage has evolved over the years. But here's what this passage means. This passage doesn't say that everything happens for a reason or that whatever happens was part of God's will and God's plan. What this passage does say, though, is this. No matter what happens, no matter how bad it may be, God will somehow bring good out of the situation for those who are doing God's work. That God will bring good out of everything as long as we love and give it to God. God is not the reason these bad things are happening. God is the reason that I can live through them and come out the other side stronger and even more of a child of God. God can and God will always force evil to accomplish good when we entrust our lives to God's purpose. That is what that passage of scripture means to me. And that is what I know my God is doing in my life. Do you believe that as well this morning? As Christians, we acknowledge that sometimes bad things happen. I mean, just look around, <laughs> read the news. It's part of life. But those bad things don't ever have to have the final say. But those, uh, they, they are simply part of our journey that concludes in eternal life. If Jesus' resurrection teaches us anything, it's this, sisters and brothers. In order for resurrection to occur, death must come first. The good news for Jesus, the good news for all of us today, is even in this life, death is not the end. In Jesus' resurrection, we have assurance that death is defeated and death has been swallowed up in victory.
victory is God's resurrection from the grave through Jesus Christ. Folks, if you hear nothing today, I want you to take away this statement here. I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. But I do believe that sometimes there is a reason that things happen. Did you catch that? I don't believe that everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that sometimes there is a reason that things happen. Regardless of, of, of what those things are, even when we can't see it, when we turn it over to God, folks, only good can come out of the things that happen in this world. There's a quote that, that Reverend Hamilton uses in this study that I want to end on because I think it's so powerful. I think it moves us through, and I want to I read his quote to you, and I want you to take it, and we're going to end with this. Suffering is not God's desire for us, but it occurs in the process of life. Suffering is not given to teach us something, but through it we may learn. Suffering is not given to punish us, but sometimes it is the consequence of our sin or our poor judgment. Suffering does not occur because our faith is weak, but through it our faith may be strengthened. God does not depend on human suffering to achieve God's purposes, but sometimes through suffering God's purposes are achieved. And finally, suffering can either destroy us or it can add meaning to our life. Everything happens for a reason. Now you have the half and you have the half on the other side. hope if nothing else then the perspective that we discussed today will, will bring something of clarity to the way that other people perhaps view this there's no reason this statement can't continue to bring you comfort there's no reason this statement can't continue to strengthen your walk with Christ all I'm asking is that whenever you communicate with others who don't have that same strength in Christ, that we don't inadvertently say things to have the opposite effect. God is good. And through God, all good things come. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. of invitation and going forward this morning is trust and obey. Page